Welcome into football and other F words. I'm no longer being kept on hold. I, I am back with Mike Herndon, Mike Herndon at Mike Herndon NFL. Mike, is there a Pukarski.com article today? Uh, it's not up yet. It is uh, still being Mike finished. I am Herndon. way behind on everything because my life is crazy right now and there's just too much going on. So I was I was going to ask you if you wanted to go golf today, uh, but uh, I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I can I cannot today. Maybe maybe next week we'll see. Maybe next week. Um, obviously, sun. T- I got uh, a little sun on my cheeks. My cheeks are a little rosy, apparently. Uh, but good day of golf for under. Uh, today's going to be a great show four because under. we're going. Yeah, for under. We're, well, it was. It's a scramble. I mean, we uh, we okay, all play okay, together. Okay. <laughs> I I did I not like, shoot a four under. Like, holy shit, Zach. I've been I've been killing it. I've been killing it on the golf course. Um, <laughs> got a sixty-eight over here. Come on. Yeah. The we're going to talk about all the rumors that have popped up over the last uh, few few days. Who it benefits? What's true? What's not true? What's a scenario that we approve of? We're also going to talk about Chad Brinker uh, and people thinking that he fully guarantees that Aaron Rodgers is coming here. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite scenarios. We're also going to talk about the staff changes. As a whole, the staff is now complete with the hiring of Justin Otten as running back coach. Are, is the staff too big to fail, or is the staff too many cooks? We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the six, and I, I don't mean like the number. I don't mean it, a boy band group. I don't know if that's a boy band group or not. It sounds like one. Sounds we're going to talk about these six candidates that Mike Vrabel supposedly talked about. And uh, we're also going to talk about the state of the AFC South. I got a loaded show for you. I mean, it's the off season. Every, you know, no Lebowski this this off season, but it's always funny that we always say, "Well, we just don't have anything to talk about." And like the last twenty four hours, like we get like fifty topics, and it, it's continuing this this year. Uh, make sure to drop your comments. You know, we got we got YouTube. Turn on your notifications. We got Twitter. Turn on your notifications. Just jump in. Facebook notifications. Four forty Sports Broadway Sports Media. Uh, we're with both those guys, and hey. Jasper's Nashville. You got to get to Jasper's Nashville if you haven't been yet. I talk about it every week. Not only, not just because they do sponsor the show, but I would probably talk about it a lot because it's one of my favorite restaurants in Nashville to go to. It's a great, great restaurant. Great brunch. Two for one beers on Sunday. Great. It's a fantastic place to watch the awful Predators team <laughs> uh, lose and lose in spectacular fashion. But hey, Great beer, great food. Kind of makes it a little bit easier for you to, uh, um, you know, suffer through these losses of the, by the Predators. Well, Either you way. Go, you go, you eat, you drink, and you discuss who they're going to trade away at the trade deadline yeah. as they uh, try to build around, you know, basically promote the Milwaukee Admirals yeah. and trade away all the other guys for picks, and we'll just reboot this thing. We, we got a uh, – we're being told that it's an out, out Oaten. I guess from Jabari Martin. I that's why I said it says Otten, but he's like in here trying to correct us. But I thought Alton. it was Otten. Alton. But either way, My Jasper's friend. Nashville two for ones. Get over there today. Mike, I I didn't tell you this topic that we were gonna talk about, but I, I'm gonna start us off the show. Aren't you sick and tired of this fucking hold? This James Bradbury hold? Yes. It's it's a fucking hold. It's a hold. Like I I'm sorry. Like I know everyone's mad because because it, it, it happened in the last few minutes of the game. 
The more that's why fun, everybody's mad. Well, everyone's mad because like the more fun ending would have been all right. The the Chiefs have to kick the field goal, and then Jalen Hurts gets the chance with you know less than two minutes to go tie or win the game. That's the more fun end of that game rather than them kneeling it out and it being a sure thing basically from the time that that flag hit the ground. I get that. And it would have been more fun had they not thrown the flag, but it was a penalty. It was a fucking penalty. And I I just don't, he grabbed him. He pulled him back and that was how he stayed connected to him. And don't give me this uncatchable shit because defensive holding it one, it doesn't matter if it's uncatchable or not Two, the penalty happened before Mahomes threw the fucking football. So the penalty happens. That's why Juju is covered. And that's why the ball has, you know, the ball ends up being thrown, you know, kind of in a safe space. It looked like Mahomes was more or less kind of throwing it away or putting it in a spot where like maybe only his guy could get it. But either way, it was a penalty. Stop crying about it. It didn't ruin the Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl. Tremendous Super Bowl. Loved it. Uh, lots of drama. Very compelling. Uh, lots of points. Super Bowl. Nothing, nothing wrong with that Super Bowl or the ending. The better team won at the end of the day, and it is what it is. It was a hold. And I don't understand how like, – what the last thing I'll say on this, and then we'll move on because I'm already tired of talking about it. <laughs> uh, the idea that people should – that the refs should swallow their whistle in the last minute or two minutes or whatever the game is oh, an okay concept. I understand, like, not wanting to have, have the refs decide the game necessarily. But the refs don't decide the game. They decide the maybe the end result because of that, like that play or whatever. Uh, but the game, there was also 58 other minutes of that game uh, that happened. And the other point I've got to make hey, here. Don't score three points with 11 more uh, minutes of possession in the third quarter. Don't, exactly. the fucking, don't let the football slide, slide out of your hands. Like, yeah, there was there was the second of half woes that have plagued the Philadelphia Eagles their entire season, which is why I refuse to believe in them. But they just had the second easiest schedule, so that just kind of worked out in their favor. They were a historically bad, not historically, but they were. Data shows that they were a really bad second half team, and guess what? They only scored eleven points in the second half. Like, get real. I mean, this is not this play does not technically really affect probably the outcome of that game, in my opinion. And I, and I also think if we're saying they should swallow the whistle in the last few minutes, where is it? Where's the, where's the, I feel like you have to define that, right? It has to be, is it under two minutes? Is it three minutes? Is, is it, it just the minutes? Super Bowl? Is it, yeah. Is it just for the Super Bowl? Is it just for playoff game? Like there, I mean, they let them play thing. a good chunk of the, of the, of the game. I mean, that first hit, I thought like, okay, well there goes, uh, I think it was Legarius Sneed on Devontae Smith. I said, well, yeah. there goes Legere Sneed. There goes the first penalty of the game. Let it slide. And I get, apparently, from the player perspective, because uh, I've heard a lot of former players write about this, that if they're, if they're getting away with it early, they're going to continue to try to get away with it. Well, guess yeah. what? You just didn't get away with it one time. Do you think that, I mean, like, give me a break. It's like, hey, if I am a serial killer and I go down <laughs> and kill a bunch of people and it takes forever for me to get caught. Do I do, should I not get caught on my last kill on the last day of the year? Like if I, if I'm doing on December 31st, like to me, you just got caught and he, he agrees now, now he's backtracking though, because I'm, I'm sure people have gotten to his head and gotten to his ear. He's like, well, you know, now he's backtracking a little saying all this stupid shit. It was a whole deal with it. 
Suck it up, Buttercup. You fucking lost. Fucking lost. Okay. Titans news. Exactly. Exactly. There's too much. Yeah. They're a bunch of whining. And of course, there's a bunch of, you know, pearl clutchers that don't even, doesn't even affect their lives or anything. They just got to talk about it. Uh, From Titans Rossi at Titans Rossi. It's got an exclamation point at the end. Uh, Titans Rossi. Uh, at Titans yeah. Rossi on Twitter. Uh, there has been news circulating all day about rounding Tannehill, possibly to the Jets, but we just got word from our insider, Bigs, Big Sportsman 3 of the Titan Up Network. Uh, the Jets are willing to trade two 2023 draft picks for him and take on his full contract. Hashtag Titans. Talks are ongoing. Okay, a few things about this tweet before we I get your thought. I think... If Big Sportsman 3 is going to continue to break news, I think we need to get a, a, a different at. Okay, oh, Big Sportsman sure. 3 sure. is is not uh, not professional enough, but that's beside the point. We got to change that. your real name, something like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 use it. I mean, like, I, of course, I'm tweet from the podcast, so maybe that's a little thing, a <laughs> uh, little, but I mean, it's for the brand, right? I mean, like, is, yeah. is, the, it's yeah. not, is it the Big Sportsman show? I mean, I don't know. That seems like it's already been done by probably some fishing channel on PBS. Anyway, talks are ongoing. Uh, contract take on his full contract. Now this is important because there were, I caused a little confusion. I'll own up to it. What this means is that they're going to take on the full $27 million base salary, which is a very duh thing like duh. Of course they are. But the reason that this is a big thing is because they're willing to part with two 2023 draft packs, draft picks and do that. So if you remember the reason why the Tennessee Titans got sent a fourth round pick for Ryan Tannehill is because essentially the Dolphins were like, okay, well, we'll eat some of the some of his salary if you send us a higher draft pick. So essentially they're not the Jets are not asking the Tennessee Titans to eat any of his salary to get high quality 2023 draft picks. In if allegedly. So I ask you, Mike. We've talked about it for like two months with in the regular season about his trade value. How much do you want this to happen so we could just rub it in everyone's fucking face that said, oh, you'd be lucky to get a ham sandwich and a seventh round pick for Ryan Tannehill? Very much. I very much want it to happen to rub it on all those people's faces. Because, yeah, I, I, I think we've been consistent on this for a long time now, going back to like, I mean, November, it was mid-season, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when we started talking about this, because, you know, it, it was well, what's going to happen with quarterback situation. Or it, I think it was even going back to, like, the draft or whatever, because when Malik was drafted, there was talk of, like, well, if Malik is ready for 2023, what happens and everything like that, which obviously Malik isn't ready, but that's kind of besides the point here. Um, Tim Hill would absolutely have trade value. He does have trade value. You can get a team to not only take his contract, but give you real value. And look, the Jets, it makes perfect sense. The Jets have been circling Aaron Rodgers. They've uh, reportedly talked to uh, Derek Carr. Um, they're going to get a veteran quarterback this year, and they should. Like Their, their roster is very, very clearly a quarterback away from being like a real like definitely a playoff team and and potentially a real contender in the in the AFC. I mean, they I could see a situation where they get one of these guys and yeah, you know, they are able to compete with the Bills for the AFC East crown next year. I think that's very much in play. So, uh, no, that's assuming that 
Manual Hackett and Todd Downing's masterminds uh, don't don't tear down the whole thing. But um, yeah, I, I do think Tannehill would be such a huge upgrade uh, for them. And I think people severely under like Titans fans. There's a segment of them that maybe overrate Tannehill, but there's a big, big, big segment that severely underrates how good Ryan Tannehill is. Tannehill is certainly in that like Derek Carr plus class of quarterback as far as like good, not great, not elite, not, you know, game changing, but good starting quarterback who you can go to the playoffs with, who can win you football games, uh, that is a veteran, you know, knows how to handle his business, knows how to run the offense, is accurate, you know, tough, all, all the stuff you want. Um, Tannehill brings a lot to the table. So it would not surprise me at all for this to be correct in that, you know, two, 20, two, two draft picks, like two-thirds or a second and a third or something like that, that would be a great, great haul, I think, for the Titans. Um, and would certainly make, you know, the ability to build around a young quarterback uh, that much easier uh, with that extra draft capital and fixing the offensive line, you know, long-term, uh, you know, fixing the the wide receivers, you know, restocking edge rusher. Like, there's so many needs for this roster right now. And, yeah, a couple extra picks would go a long way, I think. Okay, so this is not the only connection to Ryan Tannehill that we heard about this week with the New York Jets. Connor J. Hughes, Connor Hughes, also wrote, but it got kind of blown out of proportion, of course, because people hate providing context. It's just utterly maddening that people do not read the full article and and, and don't really explain everything in it. So... It said the the part that everybody zoned in on was um, don't sleep on Tannehill. There's a feeling around the NFL that the Jets are much higher on him than some want to believe. Okay. So that's what Jets media. uh, That is what I've seen. Titans uh, media analysts. That's the quote, right? That is the quote. Okay. Here's the context. The Jets will do their homework on every available quarterback, but the pecking order seems to be as follows. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, then Ryan Tannehill. So he's the fourth in the pecking order, regardless of the scenario, whether Titans Rossi can be believed or not. Um, but it's the, he's the fourth in the pecking order. Of course, that does not make uh, for good Twitter clout chasing, whoring, slutting yourself out for clicks and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So there's a bit more to that. So I guess Connor Hughes is also pushing back on this idea presented by Titans Rossi that this is a, they're in this deep in negotiations with the Tennessee Titans on a trade. Now, I will say this in defense of Titans Rossi is that basically is basically he's been pretty right on a lot of stuff. Now, there is a lot of stuff that he's been right about that is very dull kind of stuff, very general stuff. But for the most part, he anything that he does say or backs up with a source is turns out to be somewhat close to the truth. Yeah, I can't remember like a big miss. Yeah, I, I can't I can't remember some big miss where everybody now this could be it. This could be the next big miss. 
Talks are ongoing, so he left himself an out. Very professional, very smart to leave yourself an out. Uh, but, so I ask you this. So it, let's talk about these four quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a scenario, and you need to tell me, would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or would you rather have the scenario? Okay. Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill and extend him? Okay. Or would you rather have Derek sign Derek Carr to and have about a $17, $18 million cap hit in 2023 plus his dead money, but have the second and fourth round pick? Hmm. What kind of contract does Carr get? About the same as what Tannehill does for the purposes of this argument, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So um, basically, cars, cars get car plus the dead money is still going to equal out to thirty six point six. So you can yeah. either you're basically getting car and a second and a fourth, or you're going to yeah. get Tannehill a little bit cheaper and no draft picks. I'll take I'll take Carr in the second and the fourth. I'll take the draft. Oh, that's interesting. That yeah. one's a little tough for me because I just think Carr's just not that good, and I think he's considerably worse than Ryan Tannehill. I know you don't agree, but the data just says he's considerably worse than Ryan Tannehill. I think they're very very close. I mean, I think there's things that Carr does better than Tannehill, and I also think there's things that Tannehill does better than Carr. And I think it kind of depends on what kind of offense you want to be. Um, but the you know the issue is that we know Tannehill fits this offense. Um, we know that there's a lot of good things about Ryan Tannehill, and and you know Carr is a little bit of a risk. Now Carr's you know almost three years younger, um, has less of an injury history. There's you know there's some pluses, pluses with Carr as well, and like I mean it seems like people like him, like players like him generally, um, despite the fact that he's super sensitive on Twitter and blocks everybody. Um, but it's uh yeah, I, I think they're close enough that I would just take the picks. Um and and I, I mean I would probably do car and then draft. I would be drafting a quarterback either this year or next year for sure. So if you go to stackingtheinbox.com, no more sub dot substack.com, I wrote about how bad car was in a ten times better situation in twenty twenty two. So he had a much better supporting cast for sure. Yeah, oh, he had like the a top ten pass blocking offensive line. He had Devontae Adams. He had uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Matt Collins, Josh Jacobs. He barely, he barely had Waller and Renfro. Though they were hurt for big chunks of the year. And yeah, but I mean, you still had Matt Collins who was going crazy. So it's not like they were they were big misses. I mean, do we got compared to what (laughs) Ryan Tannehill had? And no Todd Downing. He didn't even have a Todd Downing uh, to have to fight uh, against. He did have a Josh McDaniels though. Yeah. Well, I'll just say this. He, in every metric efficiency metric outside of like, I think it was air yards and big time throws because you have Devontae Adams, just YOLO balls down the field. Ryan Tannehill was substantially better. So I'm, it's hard. I want the picks, right? But it's yeah. hard for me to say I want the picks and I want Derek Carr. But this turns into now, because I'm going to be a bit of a hypocrite, and I can call myself out on it. I think I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr, and I understand, I know the injury history. But at least you're getting a guy that has been to the postseason and won in the postseason. At least Tannehill has experience winning. I don't know they won because of Ryan Tannehill, but at least he has experience winning and getting to the big games. Derek Carr does not. Jimmy G does, and Jimmy G gets pretty far almost every year with San Francisco. Now, it is San Francisco. 
Yeah. But I think that Jimmy G, which would be a cheaper stopgap contract, I think I would take that over Ryan Tannehill and take the picks with Jimmy G. And then you know, okay, well, I got a guy that at least can get me six or seven or eight wins. We're probably going to win a lot of games with Jimmy G if he stays healthy the, the whole season. But I think that, like, Derek Carr just doesn't do much for me. And I think Jimmy G and Ryan Tannehill are much closer together in terms of what this team wants to do rather than Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going to go with Jimmy G. And I know that's that's I am the guy that is anti- Stop getting injured players and putting them in here. But he's going to be a lot cheaper. Like, we're talking a 16 million, of uh, 12 to 16 million kind of deal per year quarterback. Whereas you're talking about almost double that for probably Derek Carr. Man, it, this, this tough. becomes tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, this becomes tough because. It, well, I think Jimmy G is a decent quarterback, um, and you could probably win with him here. He's going to be hurt at some point during the year. Like It, it has happened almost every year of his career. Um, I think he's played one full season. Um, he's been in San Francisco somehow for six years, which seems crazy to me. Um, but he, out of those six years, he's only played one full season there. Now, I think the first year it was because he was traded midseason. Yeah, he was. Um, he was traded so midseason. I, I don't know if that I was. I think he was traded like the that was the year I think they played us. And I think that yeah. he got traded like a week or two before he played the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think that's right. So he's going to be hurt. Um, I, at that point, honestly, I would probably just assume go get Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, and call it a day. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, like. That's such a big drop off in talent, though. I don't think it is. I, I think Jacoby oh, Brissett. Come on. I think Jacoby Brissett is way closer to Jimmy G than you're probably. No, no way, no way. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was okay in Cleveland this year, I and mean, they they were winning some games. He was better in Cleveland than, than Deshaun Watson was. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a trash human and trash player, so yeah. I don't. know. Oh, I mean, man, I, I don't for know what you're gonna have to pay him, and at that point, like. You're not going anywhere with this roster and Jimmy G. I mean, you're just not. It, you're you're what you're doing at that point is you're either buying time for whatever 2023 quarterback you draft to get ready, or you're just playing out the string until you can find another quarterback. Well, that that's that was my idea behind it was that like okay, if you're gonna have Jimmy G, he's obviously a stopgap, right? Whether he's yeah. a stopgap for 2023 or stopgap for 2024, but he's just eventually you're either saddling yourself up with Carr for a couple of years, or you're saddling yourself up for Ryan Tannehill for a couple of years, or maybe just maybe Chad Brinker was hired because he knows Aaron Rodgers. They, they golf on the weekends and this is Aaron Rodgers season, baby. This is it. He's going to come out of emerge out of the darkness and he's going to see just blue sky and he's going to go, yeah, baby. Blue sky. Tennessee Titans are blue. Let's do it. <laughs> He's building a house here. Did you, did you hear that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, look, the money, and I know you dug into this a little bit more, so maybe you can talk about the details on that. But the money with Rodgers, to me, like makes it extremely hard to make it work because here's the problem. It's not just like, you know, maybe they could find a way with like, 
All right, you trade for him. He redoes his deal, pushes some money into the future. You know, you get his cap hit down for, but even like if you can get his cap hit down for a like to a smaller number this year, it's still going to be a high number. And and it, I mean, well, let me let me say this: so this year, an acquire for, to acquire him, it would be fifteen uh point. It'd be a little bit over fifteen million dollars cap hit for the Tennessee Titans in twenty twenty one. Now, does that include his like he has a like roster? There, there's a weird or... option. It's an it's the it's the base salary of one point one six five and the option of fourteen five seventy five uh, is what it boils down to. I had I had to look it up. Uh, luckily, Spotrack had a article that broke it down for me because this yeah. contract's a fucking mess. I hate this yeah. contract, uh, but they had an article uh, about it. And I'll, I'll pull it up right here if you just give me one second. Let me just take it. So it says, what's next, Green Bay Packers, the name of the article. And it says, if Rodgers requests a trade, there are two options, before June 1st and after, obviously, blah, 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 blah. For those wondering, Rodgers would bring a 15.79 million cap figure with him to the new team in 2023. Okay. Then 32.5 51.5 1 million and 45.2 million through 2026. If he were to retire though, after 2023, he'd leave behind a 43.72 million dead cap hit in 2024. So yeah. contract wise, it's not that bad if you can get two years out of him. Yeah, but the problem is getting two years out of him. Yeah. Well, that that in the amount of picks that you're going to have to give up too, right? Because I mean, right. even if I, he had a down year this year, there's no doubt about that. And the Packers seem like they're ready to move on, which is going to depress his value a little bit. But even and if with he that, demands to trade, it kind of doesn't it kind of turn that down too? Plus the contract, like let, let's let's talk this out real quick. I I haven't really dove really deep in Aaron Rodgers, yeah. but if 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 a player says with a high contract essentially right i mean this is it's not a bad contract it's a manageable contract but it's a high contract and he says i want to go to x team doesn't the x team have the leverage yeah they do i mean but does he have a no trade clause with that i think he had to i don't know i think he had to waive it for this Uh, contract But I'm not entirely sure. But even if he doesn't, I mean, at some point, I think I think he does have a no trade clause. I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't. So let's backtrack. I think he has a no trade clause. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely think it would have to be a situation where, I mean, I guess money wise, you could make that work. My question is. What are you going to give up to get him? It's got to be a first round pick, I'd imagine, starting. Point. Um, hey, here we go. Rogers plus. doesn't have a no trade clause, but to a degree, he'll likely be able to dictate where he ends up. I thought he had okay. to get rid of that, but okay. So, so he has some leverage as far as like if he said, you know, all right, I want to go to Tennessee. Like, I guess we know. Uh, one thing we do know is that Rogers does like Vrabel. Um, you know, he he respects Vrabel. He, yeah, he respects Rabel. He talked talked highly of him on the McAfee show a while back. And there's a little bit difference of stuff. liking Vrabel from afar and liking Vrabel well, when he's true. telling you to get your ass to practice. 
That's true. I although I do I could see where those two guys would get along okay because I I feel like they both have like that sarcastic uh you know kind of shit talking you know nature to them. Um but either well, way I'm sure Vrabel right now is just planning his darkness retreat cuz I mean that's <laughs> well, so Vrabel. There there are some personality differences too, <laughs> but I I don't think that's a total non-starter. Um but in like look Rodgers would clearly be an upgrade. He's the best quarterback available on the market, even if you think, you know, he's a cuckoo and, uh, you know, that he's on the downslope, which he is. Do we know he's that he's a cuckoo? Like, we know that he's a cuckoo? Oh, well, 100%. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we're right here. Trace Wynn says uh, Rodgers' brother lives in Franklin, so that means that he's probably not coming. But that's, he yeah, hates that's, that's the brother he hates, right? You know? Yeah, the brother he hates. Uh, although, they, they might have patched it up. Uh, I, can, I thought I remember yeah, that they got – maybe patched up uh, a year or two ago. Um, either way, Rogers familiar relations are, are uh, its own story. But if you could get Aaron Rodgers, I'd be for it. I mean, but I, I still don't know why Rogers wants to come here. Um, and that's my thing. I, I don't think he emerges from this darkness abyss. And I think he's actually probably going to say, I'm either retiring or I'm going to stay in Green Bay just because he just wants to fuck with everybody in Green Bay. It's the it's the same thing that I've mentioned on Twitter about the offensive coordinator search. Like like if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're like, all right, Titans, what what do we got? Uh, no offensive line whatsoever. Like hey, they got a, they got Justin Alton now. There's a strong possibility that you're you're going to have one starter back on the offensive line, uh, and that's Nicholas Petit Frere, who was very very bad last year. Um, for the second half, because you were singing the praises of NPF for the first half. Of the I was, I was, I thought he he showed flashes that I was excited about. You but loved I thought, some NPF, okay? I Let, let's not have revisionist no, history on, on this row. Hang on, I consistently said he shows flashes, and eventually, if he gets the consistency stuff ironed out, he could be pretty good. The consistency stuff got worse as the year went on. It usually gets well, better. He hit the rookie wall. I mean, he's a third-round draft pick. Hit the rookie yeah, wall. Yeah, I mean, I'm not writing him off. I'm not saying MPF is a terrible player, and he's like in the doghouse and shit forever. I'm just saying he's a guy that was bad last year, and he's the only guy that might be coming back. Or he might be the this. only guy that ends up coming back. I think this is a good thing to bring up, and I know you're on a tear, but I, I get what you're saying. You're you're saying that um, essentially, what is there to like about Tennessee if you're Aaron Rodgers? Because it's you're you're right. There is a major retooling going going on, and you have the comfortability of what's going on up in Green Bay because you know better, everybody. You just broke in all those line, wide receivers, better wide receivers, yeah. better tight end. Like you know, there's all, all of the above. Okay, you this team trades for Aaron Rodgers. All right. Okay, they then turn around and trade and probably recoup some of their draft picks or whatever they have to trade, they trade Brian Tannehill, right? Not saying this is a good idea, but don't you think that maybe the presence of Aaron Rodgers with the presence of Mike Vrabel can possibly talk Taylor Lewan and taking a pay cut, and we, we've both been big proponents that that would not be the case. But don't you think that maybe Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones both come back to maybe play for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Um, I mean, seems they like both... you get a lot of people take a lot of pay cuts to come play with Aaron Rodgers in Nashville, where there's no state income tax. The like the sell the selling point for uh, free agents would certainly be better. Um, 
Because then everybody, I, you'd be getting all the players that are like that want to go ring chasing, right? Kind of like what Tom Brady was doing down in. But I mean, I I would assume that Aaron Rodgers is liked by players, maybe. I mean, maybe, but I, I think the ring chasers are still going to go to KC and Philly and gotcha. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Like, there's a like list of five or six teams, even if you added Aaron Rodgers to this roster, that I would say are clearly above the Titans as far as like the pecking order of can you win uh, a Super Bowl with this team? So I, I don't know. Could I you just... convince Taylor Luan and Ben Jones to come back for one last run to help out? To help out stuff. I think maybe. Um, I mean, there's obviously like Lawan has like life considerations. I mean, he's going to, he's already apparently talking to media companies about potentially like, you know, broadcast, not, or maybe not like broadcast, but you know, some sort of role on TV. Uh, he's got the podcast, which is very successful now. And, and I mean, look, he, he looks like he weighs about 260 pounds right now. Yeah, he's which like Aaron Bruce size. Looking like a guy, yeah, he looks like a he's looking like me right now, me and Justin Otten and Taylor Lewan. Uh, and uh, so I, I to me, that maybe is a guy that's leaning towards retiring. Um, I don't know that to be the case, but I, I just reading some context clues here, but um, I don't know, it, it'll be. I just think it's 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 still a hard sell. Um, okay, so we're you're you believe in. You would do the Derek Carr scenario as long as yeah. we got two picks out of Ryan Tannehill. I would be dissatisfied but understanding of that trade. Yeah. I would prefer the Jimmy G scenario. In in that you scenario, have to you for Jimmy G though. No, no, he was he, only he was got a one year contract. He's a free agent. Okay, okay. Um, he just hasn't been cut yet, so you know that's why he can't go do the the free agent market and stuff right now. So. All that to say, then let's circle back to Aaron Rodgers. One last thing. I think we're both, we'd both be happy with it, but we just don't think it's very likely. And I think it's even more unlikely because Chad Brinker is here and he probably doesn't want to fucking deal with Aaron Rodgers negotiations ever again. Like, don't you think he's just probably sick of it? I mean, there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's like, Oh God, this guy again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd be thinking. Okay. Big news, or sort of big news, but I think it is big news. Justin Otten has been now hired as run game coordinator and running backs coach for the Tennessee Titans. For those who may not be familiar with his game, when he became full-time offensive coordinator back in week 17 and 18 for the Denver Broncos, they were, they ended up being, the heck happened? Did I get reloaded? No. Hmm? Sorry, I was checking. Oh, yeah. They became sixth in rushing EPA, and they were uh, – that's a big jump because they were like 32nd in rush EPA at, before he took over and became this. Now, he obviously was interviewed for a position on the offensive staff, which I think was offensive coordinator. But, hey, we also – if you know, hey, we're probably not going to hire you for offensive coordinator because we already had our mind made up. This was a sham interview. But they probably didn't word it that way. But, I mean, that's what they're thinking. But if you don't get hired anywhere else, we'd love to hire you back as running back. You always got a job here. We'll keep the light on for you, Motel 6. So what do you feel about the Alton hire? And I think despite the underwhelming offensive coordinator hire, this is one of the most impressive offensive staffs that 
it's definitely the most off, uh, impressive that the Tennessee Titans have had under Vrabel, but it kind of looks like this may be one of the best offensive staffs in the Tennessee Titans history since moving to Tennessee. What are your yeah. thoughts on Alton and that statement? I think it is. Um, I think it's a good sign that the Titans now have four coaches on staff that interviewed for coordinator jobs in this cycle that are not coordinators here in Tennessee. Chris Harris, the defense, the new defensive backs coach, uh, Charles London, the, uh, the quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator, you know, Otten, who we just talked about with the running backs and run game coordinator. And uh, of course, Luke Steckel, um, who is the run game analyst now, I believe is that that's yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do think it's a pretty impressive staff all, all in all. I mean, you know, think what you want about Tim Kelly. I think, I think the jury's still out on Tim Kelly, to be honest. I mean, I, I wasn't super excited about the hire because I was hoping I was hoping that they would just go uh, a little bit more outside the box than than that. But he might be good. I mean, I, I, I don't know that um, we should be saying that Tim Kelly is just automatically going to be a terrible coordinator. Um, and I do like that. The, they have a big support system in staff. Now, I mean, Auden made it to the second round of interviews with uh, Baltimore, who we all think is a smart organization, um, well-run organization. I think everybody respects John Harbaugh uh, as a coach and you know, honestly as evaluator of uh, coordinator talent. Um, so, yeah, I think Auden is a respected guy. Uh, it seems like highly thought of, obviously came up uh, – with Green Bay uh, under Matt LaFleur is kind of his connection. And so he'll have a baseline understanding of, you know, kind of the offense that the Titans are transitioning from um, how much of a transition they're going to undergo, you know, remains to be seen. Obviously Vrabel's comments were kind of cryptic on that. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what this looks like uh, next year, but I think there's a lot to like about it. I mean, Auden, London, um, I'm I'm of the opinion that the more coaches you can have, the more manpower, brain power you're you are is at your disposal to be able to uh you know put guys different guys in charge of uh specific things. Like, you know, this is kind of how they break things up. You know, they they look at, you know, one guy may be in charge of the red zone offense, you know, studying the red zone offense, putting that package together, selecting plays for it, you know sourcing new plays to put into the package. Uh, somebody might be in charge of third down. Uh, somebody might be in charge of, you know, backed up in your own end zone. Like, there's just more situational uh, football stuff that they can put on somebody's plate and kind of have them specialize in. And then, you know, it becomes Tim Kelly and, and Mike Vrabel's job to kind of coordinate all that and pull all that together um, into a coherent plan. Um, but it's uh yeah i think i think having all these guys on staff is good and it will benefit the team um moving so you forward believe, and benefit tim kelly frankly so you believe it's too big to fail as far I, as the personnel over that it could be too many cooks i lean towards that because i mean if you look like look at the 49ers who i think have one of the best coaching staffs in the nfl and have had one of the best coaching staffs in the nfl for a while they have a ton of coaches on staff i think i checked uh, I checked last off season, um, because I, I can't remember. I was working on something about the Titans size of their coaching staff versus the Niners. The Niners had 27 coaches on their coaching staff last year, um, which is a 
shit ton. I think the, the Titans had 19 or 20. Um, and I don't know the number that the Titans are up to now, but it's got to be in the well, like two more, we, yeah, the 23 range. So they're they're growing the size of the staff, and that's been something that's consistently happened under Vrabel. Um, so I, I like that direction just because I, I think I don't think it's too many cooks as long as you have strong personalities at the top who are able to say, no, this is this is what we're doing, and everybody needs to row that same direction, and ultimately that comes down to Vrabel. Um, and to me, nobody's going to push over Mike Vrabel or, or nobody's going to be. It seems like Keith Carter did, right? Like, didn't, eh, don't you think, I mean, Keith Carter, he, well, I mean, he said, Hey, Dylan Radins is a guard and you know, you'll never be able to convince me otherwise. And you just have to continue to play in Dennis Daly. So fuck it, suck it. I don't think that's how that went down. I, I think maybe that's Vrabel what Mike believed. Vrabel makes it sound like it makes it I, sound like that. He didn't even fucking, he's like, well, Keith Carter told me. And so. You know, I got to blame the coaches for doing all this stuff. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm sure Vrabel had. Uh, Vrabel has eyes and sees everything at practice. If he thought Raidens could play tackle, I think he would have played tackle. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just going off of what his words are. Okay, so speaking <laughs> of his words, he was on the Buck Rising show last week, and he said that they have they interviewed about six. Offensive coordinator candidates. Now, I've been a big proponent. You can go to stackingtheinbox.com, and I have said that he has not done his due diligence. And I can tell you right now, the six offensive coordinators that he's hired or that he interviewed. And I want you to tell me if you think that is the logical conclusion to draw that it's these six, and that you you can say, yeah, I can see that it being totally. This is the most likely scenario. That is the sixth. That is what I think is the most likely scenario. Tim Kelly. He interviewed Tim Kelly. He interviewed Charles London. He interviewed Justin Alton. He interviewed Luke Steckel. He interviewed Pat O'Hare, and he interviewed Tony Dews. I'm not buying that. No. Why? I, I, because. I, they, why they're, would... they're, they're the three guys that were in-house outside of Tim Kelly that changed positions. So I think that he's using... The interviews, he brought them in there and they're talking about offensive coordinator stuff and they're talking about this. But then he's like, okay, what's next plans? Where would you, where can we put you? Where can we make you fit? Well, what about J- Jason Hoteling? Or, uh, you know, there's, there were some other guys. Well, he just got promoted. Well. I mean, like, yeah. he didn't get switched, he got promoted. Well, I mean, technically, you could say Luke Steckel got promoted or Pat O'Hara got promoted, depending on how you view those analyst roles versus position coach roles. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't know that I'm buying that. I I think it would make but, so much sense I know, as to why there wasn't any news. You know, I know why? I, because nobody gives a shit about fucking Pat O'Hara coming in to do an interview <laughs> for the Tennessee Titans. They know that's not going to be news. I know you view this as like one of those things that like the media infallibly gets all of the coordinator interviews like exactly correct. Well, I, I know. I mean, it's just the Tennessee Titans that they don't. No, I think it's true for a lot of teams. I think I think a lot of teams probably interview or talk to. I think there's a distinction between interview and talk to. I think that there could have been other coordinators, other coordinator candidates that Mike Vrabel talked to. Um, and, you know, I don't know if he's counting Matt Nagy uh, or the enemy in that. That's six. even worse if he's counting them because then you're, you're, you go down to four because he well, didn't no, interview them. I mean, well, he didn't interview them, but he talked to them. You know, and he may have talked to more. Uh, I maybe, don't know maybe. if they talked to him. Well, I guess there's a distinction between talk to and interview, whether, uh, you know, what how Vrabel phrased it or whatever. But at that, that point, we're parsing words. 
I think he, he talked said to extensive interviews, by the way. I think he talked to more people than what were reported by the media. And I think the reason that doesn't get out is that if you don't have a formal interview and it's just a conversation, I, I mean, what's to report at that point? Like that they talked to so-and-so about the... Well, he used the word six interviews. So you're now you're, 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 you're moving on to something that doesn't really matter. I'm giving you the six. I'm giving you the six people that he actually interviewed face to face at a table or on Zoom, and he said, "Here, we're interviewing you for offensive coordinator. Here are the six people." I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I just don't know that. I, I don't buy that it was Pat O'Hara and Luke Steckle and like all these other guys. I, 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 just, I don't know if they were seriously interviewed, but I also think that I think that they were interviewed, but I think that it's almost like Mike Vrabel's probably using those interviews to bump his numbers because it. Let me say something. It wasn't anybody. It, even if he, it wasn't them too, which I bet he interviewed Luke Steckle because it, why would he suddenly get a Chargers interview? If they didn't catch wind, then maybe he was getting an interview here. So I I want to say this. Even if it's not them two, the two people that he interviewed to take their place sucked and weren't noteworthy. I mean, that is that is the key because everybody, every agent wants their guy to be out in the media. So it's not like these candidates are taking an interview and not telling their agent. I'm not, not going to tell my agent I'm taking this interview. Well, no, yeah, they're definitely not doing that. No, so they they're not interviewing a Thomas Brown. They're not interview, and I'm talking interviewing. Yeah, they may have been able to send Thomas Brown a, like a text or something, wherever you want to say t- they talk to him. Whatever I think having a, a phone conversation about, it, and I also think it's entirely plausible that some of these better like coordinator candidates, like say Brian Johnson or Eric Bieniemy or whoever, looked at this Titans team and said, "Fuck no, I'm not and going that's there." True. But that that mean that does not count as an interview because he said he right, they had yeah. extensive conversations and interviews but with if, six people. If so your who argument are those is six that he did Mike? not, if your argument is that he did not do his due diligence, if he called all these guys and said, "Hey, we'd love to talk to you about this position," this guy laughed at him on the phone, and said, "You want me to come coach a team where you're only really above average?" Well, we heard about two of those, right? Running back. I mean, the enemy and, and Nagy. We heard about the enemy and Nagy, right? Why wouldn't we hear about others? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to why we wouldn't hear about others. Maybe because, because like, the enemy and Nagy are huge names, and Thomas Brown isn't as big of a name to casual NFL fans. Okay, give me uh, your six names that they interviewed, because I gave you mine. Give me six I mean, names. I have no idea. I really so would don't. Would you say that like, my six name is the most logical list that you could come up with? I don't think it is the most logical list, because I think I think Brable is smarter than to just go hire – just go interview all of his position coaches and pretend like that's a coaching search. Like, well, no, he interviewed Justin Alton and Charles London too. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, I, I, th- I, th- I th- listen, I think that the enemy and Nagy, they, they turned him down. And he's like, well, I like Tim Kelly anyway. So I just need to get some more. I have these extensive interviews. I just don't believe he really had six interviews to be honest with you. I, I don't think that, I think that's more likely than no six being actually interviewed. But I could definitely guarantee I bet Tony Dews was the least interviewed, don't you think? They've been really big proponents of Tony Dews, and didn't they interview him once before? No, they. I don't think so. I'm, I thought they I, did. I'm with the key 99% Carter, or, sure that Dews I thought they is, did with the Todd Downey thing. Uh, was a Tony? I thought Tony Dews interviewed. 
I don't think so. I, I'm pretty. I'm like 99% sure that Tony Dews has never interviewed for a OC job, like any yeah. anywhere. Um, yeah. Now I know he did like the, um, uh, whatever they're calling it, the accelerator program, and he was the the Titans rep going there. So like I don't know if maybe they tossed him an interview to like give him some practice for like when he does try to get offensive coordinator uh, opportunities. And I will say that his. Um, Move to tight ends coach, I do think is a, is Rabel trying to help him get a step in that direction because running backs coaches, I mean, it's a rare jump to go from running back coach to, to offensive coordinator for the most part. I think there's been a few that have done it. Like, obviously, uh, Biennemi did it. Um, Deuce Staley, I think, at one point did it, although he didn't stick as, as an OC. Um, yeah, I just I, – I don't know. I, I think it's uh, – I, I, I think Dew's moving the tight ends coach is about getting him future offensive coordinator spots. And maybe, maybe they did interview one other internal candidate, but the report came out pretty early that Tim Kelly was talk, had talked to the team about the offensive coordinator job. And it was considered quote unquote, the leading internal candidate, which to me tells me that like probably the only internal candidate, because otherwise why would they already be telling somebody that, yeah, Tim Kelly is the, the top option here. Like, I mean, that's, Are you, well, he I mean, was it, would, it would have been a no brainer. Well, but. he was leading, right? I mean, who is he leading? If he, if he's the only one in the race, well, I mean, I guess they could have said is the only internal candidate, but I, I don't know. It's, it's all parsing words. And to me, like, I just don't think it matters. Like, I, I don't think it matters. I think they did talk you to a bunch of people. It matters how the process went for this, how this went. I do think it matters, but I don't think we will ever know how it really went I know, based I on media reports. We can assume, we can no, assume that we're making a ton of assumptions if we're just saying he interviewed the two guys that we heard reported and then all these internal guys. You know how we could have known? If Buck had done his fucking job and actually <laughs> asked, hey, tell us the six, because we know three. Can you tell us at least a, a few of the names that you interviewed? But I'm no, guessing- he just kind of just rolled off to the next question. I wish he would have put him on the spot like that. I don't think Brable would have, by any means, given him that information. But uh, well, at least ask the question. Quit. Assu- yeah. I guess this media media's got to quit assuming that they're just never going to. Brable has them trained. That that's yeah. what it all boils down to. They know that they're no matter if they ask the questions or not. They know what the answers are going to get, and or assume the answers are going to get. And so you know, you just you know, they just kind of. Get fat and lazy, I guess. Well, except for Buck's case, he he did lose a lot of weight. He just skinny <laughs> and lazy, I guess. Um, get those tattoos going, Buck. Um, okay. A bunch of staff changes have happened between the Texans and the Colts, and unlike the Tennessee Titans, they actually did their due diligence and interviewed and cast a wide net among many candidates across the world, and. I look at the Texans and I look at D'Amico Ryans and I feel conflicted because obviously D'Amico Ryans is a former Alabama player and I've I've held D'Amico Ryans as a as a coach in the highest of regards uh, when uh, before Shane Bowen was hired I even wrote about how the Tennessee Titans should be going after D'Amico Ryans for their defensive coordinator position and yet again Mike Vrabel not casting a wide net because he just loves his buddies hire Shane Bowen, which actually turned out to be pretty good. Could have been better if it had been D'Amico Ryan's or Gerard Mayo, but hey, you know, you know, just 
keep doing what you do, Mike. You're so smart. And um, the I look at it and I go, okay, they get D'Amico. They could possibly get Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or another quarterback. And it looks like they could be a team on the rise, but I also feel this is a team that is in such a weird flux of the roster that I own because they're, they're probably going to have to trade or cut Brandon cooks. And I just kind of feel like right now, I still feel like they're three or four years away. What, what do you feel? What's your sense about the, these Houston Texans? Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think any team is three to four years away if they make the right moves and, and put themselves in the right positions. Cause I mean, if you look at like, what the Eagles were two or three years ago is, you know, Wentz was starting to fail and they were kind of going downhill. Um, I mean, they were pretty bad. They, I mean, that's how they ended up with what they were, they were picking like when, when, when they get Devonte Smith, they were picking, they were definitely in the top 10 that year, whatever it was. Um, but they were, they were not a very good team. And all of a sudden, Hey, they were in the Super Bowl. Um, it doesn't take that long. I mean, look at the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals were, absolute trash and then they got joe burrow and then they got jamar chase and now they're one of the best teams in the nfl bills same story um it does not take that long to turn around an nfl team if you hit on the key spot but don't but let me ask you a question head coach it's, and quarterback it's, it's nick casario and of course we're gonna talk about chris ballard yeah. how much of that do you weigh into this decision because are your your idea because that's kind of where i put it at is like I don't really believe in Nick Casario as much as I believe in D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe in uh, Casario, um, but I will say that, like, I thought he got a lot um, out of uh, the Deshaun Watson trade. I thought he handled that well as far as getting a, a huge haul from Cleveland, considering, like, <laughs> the – the situation and everything, you know, going on off the field with Watson and the fact that they, everyone knew he was going somewhere else. Um, I thought he, he handled that pretty well. Uh, their draft last year, at least first, uh, first glance generally looks pretty good. I mean, I think Derek Stingley is going to be a pretty good player. Obviously they missed by taking him over sauce Gardner. So that's, a problem in itself, but uh, you know, Damian Pierce in the fourth, uh, I think Jalen Petrie, uh, it looks like he's going to be a pretty good player. So I don't know. I, I think it's too early to really know what Casario is as a general manager. There's some quirky stuff, obviously, with him, like wanting to be on the headset and stuff like that, that I think could drive to make Orion's nuts and maybe fray that relationship at some point. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not totally sold that like Casario's terrible. I don't I don't know if he's good, but I don't know that he's terrible yet. Yeah, the. <sighs> I just can't I can't buy into it that they could be a quick turnaround and it's it it's hard for me because I'm like okay well if it's Bryce Young then yeah I believe a lot in Bryce Young and they do have Laramie Tunsil but they don't really have a lot of pass catchers so how do you like how do you fix all this for them in one or two seasons I I feel like because then you're going to have other players that are leaving other players that need new contracts it's going to be could be a balancing act, but I think they're a lot closer to being contenders than I do for their compatriots over in Indiana, the the Indianapolis Colts, and I have zero faith that Shane Steichen is going to be around for more than two or three years. Yeah. I think he's going to be out fairly quickly. 
Yeah, I, I I think the Texans are clearly a bigger threat than the Colts right now because I mean the Texans have a little bit of a head start in the fact that uh, they tore this thing down earlier. Um, the Colts are kind of and the Colts aren't really tearing it down. I mean, they still they, have Matt Ryan on the roster. <laughs> yeah, the Colts are just in a weird spot because they don't have a ton of cap space, um, and they're gonna have to pay some of their like pretty good young players. I you know they don't have like stars but they're gonna have to pay michael Pittman sooner than later if they want to keep him uh they're gonna have to pay jonathan taylor pretty soon if they want to keep him um and then quentin nelson and darius leonard right now are terrible contracts for them because they are not getting nearly the value out of those guys that they're paying for um so i think the colts have a lot more bad contracts uh currently i mean even braden smith was not good this year he just was not good and he's making a ton of money for a right tackle. So, you know, there's a lot, uh, I think, wrong with the Colts. And, and you know, Steichen, I know a lot of people were super high on him, but I just – I think it's a lot based on, like, one the year. The offense wasn't good for Philadelphia last season. Now, obviously, this season it was good, but it's because Brian Johnson came down. And this is from Nick Sirianni. This is from Shane Steichen or Steichen, whatever his name is. It, but until Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, came down from the booth onto the field, this was an utter disaster in Philly. Like he literally saved that season and this offense for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is not a Nick Sirianni thing. It is not a Shane thing. It is a Brian Johnson thing. And I I get the sense that when you look at it. And you really think hard about what Jim Irsay said. Jim Irsay said, I'm letting Chris Ballard choose the head coach. So this is Chris Ballard's guy. And you know what Jim Irsay hates? Anybody that's not his guy. And at this point, if Shane Steichen does not deliver, and mark my words, if by 20, if at the end of 2024, they have not won the division. They are both fired. That's how strongly I feel about this. First off, I think that's very likely to happen because I do think the Texans are coming up. I think the Jaguars are going to do enough to just fucking just annoy the ever-living shit out of everybody in the AFC South. And the Tennessee Titans are have Mike Vrabel and they're always going to be competitive. So I look at it and I go, damn. I said, this poor guy just got hired. Chris Ballard just got put on blast. Jim Irsay wanted Jeff Saturday, and he's going to say, this was your guy. This yeah. was your the guy that you hired, and I'm sorry, but you guys are both gone. In 2025, they're going to be looking for a new head coach and a new GM. I definitely, I definitely think you're right that Irsay is tying the noose around Ballard's neck with this hire, and that, like, you know, if, if Steichen doesn't work out, then Ballard's definitely gone. I mean, they, they, Ballard will not get a chance at a uh, – what would it be, his – yeah, third uh, head coaching hire. Um, that, that's just not going to happen. And look, they're going to draft a quarterback this year. Um, and we'll see who they get. I mean, like the, there's reports out there that the the Bears might be looking to trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback. There's, you know, the report that the Texans are going to draft a quarterback, which obviously, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's definitely going to happen at number two. So, the Colts might be taking the third quarterback off the board. Um, you know, who knows which order they'll have them in. I think there's, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of debate um, 
among NFL teams about like the order of the top three or four guys um, this year. Cause I don't, I don't know that there's like a super clear pecking order depending on what you like, what you want out of your quarterback, that kind of thing. So everyone's going to pretend like they got the, the guy that they had rated the highest. Like, let me go ahead and pr- uh, project this out. Uh, April, whatever the day after the draft is. X team says, Hey, uh, X player was r- the highest play- ranked player on our X big board. Yeah, we're we're so excited to as as the Colts. We're so excited that he fell to us. Was he was really our number high. one quarterback all along. Uh, we're thrilled. We can't believe you know, he dropped to us. It, what that's going to happen? That that quote. Go ahead and print it. Print the article. Um, you know, have it ready to go. Just fill in the la- you know the names later. So, um, yeah, I think uh, tying the Stike into a rookie quarterback. You know, with not a ton of weapons right now, and like, like look, they also don't have the extra draft picks. Like Houston has, I think, eleven picks in this upcoming draft, including five in the top seventy-three. Um, and they're they have second overall and twelfth overall. So, like, you could absolutely go get, say, you like Bryce Young or whoever, CJ Stroud, like whoever you like at quarterback, and then turn around and get Quentin Johnson, or turn around and get a, you know whatever piece on defense like a premier pass rusher type um with that 12th pick and and you could get a foundational draft put together pretty quickly if you're houston so yeah i think if in the pecking order of the afc south as far as threats to the titans it is clearly jaguars texans colts in that order uh to me right now yeah that's 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 where i'm at too i i think the texans have the they have the highest ceiling i think out of the two teams uh, because I do believe in D'Amico Ryans. But listen, D'Amico Ryans could just be a North Turner, Mike Zimmer, Adam Gaze. I'm a good off, I'm a good coordinator, bad head coach, or I will never live up to my expectations, and I would hate that for him. But I'd also love it because fuck the Texans. Um, but I could totally see that. And I definitely I just don't see I don't see it with Shane. You know, I didn't see it when everybody got all happy about Jeff Saturday that were like Colts fans or when they traded for Matt Ryan or when they traded for Carson Wentz. Like, you know, all in fact, Jonathan Jones is already uh from CBS has already said, Well, they're they're probably the favorites now. The Colts, oh my god, that I'm really the head happened. coaching hire. Like, where are we at? Like, where are we at with a society that we're gonna keep doing this to ourselves? Oh, it's just funny. Always yeah, funny. That's hilarious. Well, that will do it for us. This has been Football and Other F-Words. We thank you for those in the chat joining us uh, for YouTube, Facebook, you know, Twitter. Go to 440 Sports. Go to Broadway Sports Media. Turn on notifications. Tomorrow is going to be a football show, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Stackingtheinbox.com is my website where you can get all my recent written works. I talked about the difference between Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill, financial numbers, data, stats, Jokes, got it all for you right at stackingtheinbox.com. $4 a month. It's pretty inexpensive compared to everybody else. It's 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 a fantastic way to spend $4. I promise you won't regret it. So stackingtheinbox.com. On Thursday, I'm going to be writing about Jimmy G and Tannehill and doing kind of a similar layout as what him and Derek Carr were. Mike, you write for paulkarski.com. You are on Twitter at Mike Curtin NFL. What are you writing about this week? Wide receivers. How, how do the Titans fix the wide receiver room this year? Because how many times do you mention Jacoby Myers? Because that's your boy. 
I, I, I do like Jacoby Myers. I, I like I, Jacoby Myers. Don't get me wrong. I like Jacoby. I think there are better options out there, but I do like Jacoby oh, Myers. Oh, interesting. I'm, I'm very surprised by that. I figured Jacoby Myers, I figured it was like Jacoby Myers, clone Jacoby Myers, then clone Jacoby Myers, clone. Those are the first three paragraphs, but, yeah, first three but there's paragraphs. more. Yeah, because cloning's a thing. Don't forget, cloning's a big yeah. thing. Big conspiracy theory guy. Um, so that's at palkarski.com at my current in NFL. Uh, we're brought to you by Jaspers two for one on Sundays, the best place to watch the predators hockey, get great food, great drinks. It's the next evolution of sports bar. It's over in West end, right across from Vanderbilt's campus. It's a fantastic place to go head over to Jaspers in Nashville for my current. My name is Zach Lyons. You follow me on Twitter at F words pod. This has been football and other F words. And you have all, just been effed.